Yeah, no, perfect. Everything okay, is, is perfect. Wow. Okay. You are you are literally the um, the man on the the never ending expedition at the moment. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Are you are you? I mean, are you out on the road at the moment? Are you in your home or you're? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm out in Arizona right now. Yeah, I don't even have a house anymore. Me and the wife uh, sold the house, and we just live in an RV now. So wow. I'm just full-time traveling. That's the dream. Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got its uh, set of challenges, as you can imagine. You oh, know. yeah, sure. Marriage in a smaller space. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure there are challenges to that. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, you know, it's uh, it's all worked out really well, so we're we're enjoying it. I uh, don't have any plans to quit anytime soon, so uh, that's amazing. Kind of see what happens. <laughs> and what about? I mean, because you've been traveling, is it for uh, two years? Yeah, now? a little over two years now. Okay. Yeah. So what about with all of the shutdowns and all the restrictions and everything? How was that moving about during that time? Uh, you know, it just depended. It really varied a lot um, from state to state. I mean, for the most part, it didn't really affect you um, as far as traveling because, you know, um, a unit self-contained, you know, I've got my okay. own shower, bathroom, you know, and so you can check in, you know, like contactless check in on yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's, it's did, not you know, like a lot you, of places. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of places I wanted to go, uh, you know, had some restrictions, things like that. Um, you know, like a lot of your uh, your Indian land, uh, like like the Navajo Nation, it was oh, um, really shut down hard. I mean, you couldn't, um, you know, unless you were a resident, you couldn't uh, really go go anywhere. And then, uh, you know, even the residents, I mean, I think they even had like curfews and, and stuff and in, um, in some of the time. I don't know if it was like their nationwide yeah. or if it was just certain towns, but I mean, they had like actual uh, curfews and things. I, I spoke to a friend who's part of the Mohawk uh, nation. Um, and yeah, they had like a pretty strict vaccine policy and yeah. everything within, you know, the, the, the tribal land, I think within the population. Yeah. And that would yeah, surprise I, me actually, because um, I mean, you know, whatever people's thoughts are about that whole thing, you know, all, all this time later now. But at the time, I was surprised that they were so um, up for it, I suppose. Yeah, you know, I, what I was. With their experience with federal government, I thought they'd be. Yeah, I, I kind of was. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really was, too. But it was like that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I certainly couldn't speak for all the tribes and they all, you know, all their no, land is, you know, yeah. kind of sovereign. They, they sort of do their own thing. But um mm. You know, it was it was the same way in other places, like on the East Coast. You know, the Cherokee Nation uh, in North Carolina. I mean, they they were shut down hard. And I mean, it. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, I went back like a, a year later through there, and it really took an effect. You know, because I mean, things just like were run down, and I mean, they lost a lot of you know a lot of uh, the outside business and stuff because that they of did. The, all so, the, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, the casinos and things like that, right? Yeah. You know, all the other yeah. growing businesses. And yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think, you know, worldwide, um, you know, during 2020, I was, because I worked in healthcare for a long time mm -hmm. and I was made responsible for, I didn't ask to be, but I was my, myself and two other colleagues who are running, uh, the, it's called Primary Care Networks, which is, um, mm -hmm. it's essentially, you've got five or six 
GP general practitioner clinics with maybe total 50,000 patients and you get a budget to give them extra services and sort of join up their, you know, their resources to help them work. And the GPs were given the contract for the uh, for their patients, their cohorts to have the vaccine and the PCNs took it on. So myself and two other colleagues were sort of shipped into this big race course lo locally in Surrey and made to run this. Yeah, this was sort of December when it started 2020. Uh, I made to run this vaccine center sort of day and night, 12 hours a day for the next Damn. six months. And wow. it was, um, and we were sat in with the JCVI, which is the Joint Committee for Vaccination uh, here in the UK, and uh, eye-opening, <laughs> very eye-opening. Um, <laughs> well, what they say is, um, without going into any details, it's, uh, you know, it's the same in every company, that things are never as professional as they seem outwardly. And people aren't as smart as they seem as they should be in certain yeah. positions of authority. And um, that seemed to, to ring true <laughs> to me throughout <laughs> that whole period. <laughs> That's all yeah. I'm saying about it. Um, I can imagine. I'm, I, I'm sort of um, checking in now and again on your profile on your website, seeing the different locations you're arriving at, the different types of books that are coming out. I'm just like, wow, like Denver has actually become one of the sort of the unsung heroes of um of cryptozoology but also the paranormal and and even these sort of like mythology north american mythology and folklore you know the the tales of giants and other things that, that you're looking at all the time and um it's just amazing you know essentially i don't think enough people know or at least it doesn't appear to me enough people know about the work that you're doing and i think they should Basically, um, and, you know, I have two of your books because I love fake monsters. I've got one of monsters south of the border. Yeah. Which, you know, for a lot of people who don't know, is it's literally about South American, largely South American water, water cryptids. It's amazing. There's, I mean, there's Nahuelito and things like that. In there, but there's things I've never heard of in there. Yeah. You know, and um, and of course, people are seeing something that's that's, you know, it's a classic as well. But you do more things than that. You write about giants and little people yeah. and you know uh, other things as well so from the cryptozoological sort of point point of view just run us through a, a few of your interests and, and some of the some of the discoveries uh you've made on your on your journey around the the usa well you know yeah for me i mean cryptozoology is um you know, I'm I'm into really any kind of um, you know strange, uh, unusual topics, but uh, you know, really do love uh, cryptozoology and always have. And I guess, um, you know, sort of from an early age, uh, the, the the lake monsters really kind of wrote me in because. You know, and, and I've probably shared this with you before when we talked, but to me, out of every possible cryptid that's out there. You know, and I'll lump like sea serpents, river monsters, you know, just so those water creatures. Mm -hmm. uh, that's got the, to me, the, 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 the biggest possibility of, of, of actually existing, actually being real. And, and, you know, I'm not throwing shade on Bigfoot or any of that, but, you know, the point is there's just um there's just so much water. There's it's so hard to explore. And and, and even um. You know, as far as, uh, you know, like Bigfoot goes, I mean, anybody can really, you know, kind of get out and uh, kind of look for Bigfoot. But it's quite another thing to actually, 
you know, try to do any kind of meaningful uh, field research as far as these water creatures go. Because, I mean, you know, you well, yeah, you, you boats cost money. You know, these, uh, <laughs> you know, these underwater drones. I mean, that stuff costs money and um, a lot of money. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I've not really been able to do anything meaningful as far as like research-wise. I don't guess is you know like like field-type research as far as you know your your uh, water monsters go. But um, you know they they still they just they just fascinate me so much. I just um, you know I just think that there's there's got to be something to those tales. And um, actually. Uh, you know, when uh, me and my wife were out in Montana back in uh, 2001, you know, in the summer, um, you know, you've heard of Flathead Lake, I'm sure, out in Montana. Uh, yeah. You know, for your listeners that haven't, it's just this, just this amazingly just gorgeous lake in Montana. It's, um, you know, maybe about 20, 20 miles south of Kalispell, probably about an hour and a half uh, drive from Glacier National mm-hmm. Park. But, um, you know, what sets that lake apart is the clear water. I mean, no joke. You can, you can like wade out like to your chest and, and you can see your feet just like you're looking through a piece of glass. It's just wow. that clean and amazing. But, uh, anyway, long story short, um, you know, there's been, you know, probably a hundred or better, like, you know, like documented, uh, sightings of, a you know, your typical, uh, lake monster type reports from that lake. And, uh, you know, me and my wife, we were driving over along the lake, um, over the, uh, I'm calling it the other side. It's a one, like on one side, there's like a, like a pretty big road, U S highway. The other side's more like a narrow, uh, two lane road, you know, like kind of like real steep drop offs, nowhere to pull over. But, uh, you know, we're just driving along and, like i i see like a couple humps in the water out of the corner of mine i'm just kind of like slowing down and my wife she's like are are you seeing this and i'm like i'm like yeah i didn't want to say nothing because (laughs) you know you know you know i'm trying to kind of like process what i'm seeing if that makes sense and she's like no you know there's there's like something in the water there and you know didn't see like a lot of the witnesses you know where you have the you had the neck sticking up um you know out of the water a few feet but did see like like three humps you know in the water and then just just all of a sudden you know and there's like no place to pull over here i had like somebody Mm. behind me it's all private property nowhere to pull over so you know i I wasn't able to get a picture and you know uh it, it was so brief we couldn't have got a you know, you're stereotypical, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it just like, just as, as, as quick as you saw it, it just like, just, shoo, just like sunk down in the water, Wow. you know, not like you'd see like, like with a, you know, I, I know all your debunkers, you know, it's a wave and, you know, um, you know, a boat, but there, I mean, there's no boats around and yeah, I mean, I understand that you can get a wake on the other side of the lake from where a boat yeah, is, blah, so. blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I mean, it, it just, it, it didn't seem like that. You me, saw you know? it, what appeared to be physical humps. Yeah, yeah. And I they mean, sank like, from like, sight. They didn't like dissipate. They, yeah, they I, I mean, you know, maybe, and, and you know, and, and my wife saw it too. So, I mean, if, if she didn't say it, I don't even know if I would, or, or you know, I, I don't even know if I'd be bringing it up right now, you know, to take it for what it's worth. But, sure. um. Sure. You know, um, 
just kind of those things, man. Like, like as far as those sightings go, um, I, I guess I just happened to be at the right place, the right time. Yeah. Maybe I saw something. Maybe I didn't. Right. I'm not. I'm not I, saying I, mean, I did. I, this subject too, which which yeah. surprises me because of you know that's what most sightings are like for most people. They're yes. second guessing themselves for weeks afterwards. Like, did I? Was it? Yeah. Could it have been something? It seemed like a solid object, some kind. Yeah. Oh, an animate object. Yeah, but I, I try to be a little harder on myself, right? And if somebody yeah. would would be telling me this, you know, I, you know, because I've, um, you know, like like I know what I'm supposed to be looking for and stuff, but still, it, it's like one of those. It just like kind of, you know, right then, right there, just just driving along, and I, I think that just kind of goes to show um, a little bit of the nature of this stuff. You know, I mean, I've I've visited gosh dozens of these lakes with these with these sightings like specifically you know hoping to see something you know like out kayaking into these little back channels and just you know just like yeah. praying to god that, that i spot something because i got my camera right here and you know you never see anything you know but then you're driving along and and bam there's that um you know seven seconds that um you know, funny? a it's year and a half funny. later, I'm second guessing myself over. I wonder if there's some sort of law of chance that governs those kinds of sightings in the sense of, um, I tell you, in 2012, the first time we went to Loch Ness, we stayed, at, we had our honeymoon there, me and my wife. Very oh, wow. understanding lady. Yeah, it's very nice, <laughs> very accommodating. And it's beautiful there anyway, so it's still fun. Yeah. We've got this five star sort of uh, hotel, but it was an old style hotel. We we're sitting in the dining room looking out over onto the loch um constantly i was always staring at the window <laughs> looking at the loch and then two years later almost to the day nine people in that dining room saw a big upturned boat shaped hump emerge oh, and do a big circle right there in the loch and sink again That's uh, awesome. it stayed with me so long that that i was in the right place just at the wrong time <laughs> by two years significantly yeah. at the wrong time but you know this weird chance and I, I i almost it was a very sort of plush hotel i'm almost certain that most of the people in there weren't there to see nessie they were yeah. just lovely loch ness view that kind of thing and uh yeah it stays, stays with me even today I'm like, oh. yeah you know even when i'm at the lock i'm always snapping back because i'm walking yeah. away like i see you there i see you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it just uh i just uh you know i i mean i, I was re i was really happy that, that that i think i saw what it did but you know it's like um oh. it, it would have been so much better if i would have been out there you know kayaking and you mm. know maybe we would have been within 30 yards of it or something yeah, but sweet. even then you know big deal right i would have had a picture that uh, everybody would try to debunk on facebook and, sometimes it's worse know. to have a picture <laughs> Yeah. exactly and i'm not saying i blame people for scrutinizing it but you know as far as evidence goes as far as skeptics you know even if you give them good evidence they're going to move the goalposts and it's just just kind of the nature of things of i guess you've got to like you've got to rod that thing and net it and bring it in yeah all right and, and, and even, even then, then yeah and, and then you're going to get the trouble poaching or yeah exactly and then you poach the creature <laughs> yeah, um yeah. <laughs> what was the thing I was going to ask you? But what do you think uh, about uh, the approximate distance from the creature and a sort of rough description of of any texture that you could see in the well, the humps, if any? 
Yeah, there was no way I could I could make out any kind of texture because so I'm on the road here and, and I mean it was fairly close to shore, but there was like um you know fairly uh fairly deep uh, bank and then over you know up ahead of me there's like a driveway like a small house so it was almost kind of like um in like sort of like a real big inlet area not not real close to the shore so i would guess uh, 75 yards probably okay. you know probably let less than 100 yards but you know more than 50 you know some you know it's it's kind of it, it's a little harder to tell you know because my car is moving at the same time yeah. you know yeah you know what would what you say uh sort of height and length any idea i guess if from height even it's yeah. like that it's pretty difficult yeah, to determine. I, mean, I mean height it looked like uh, let's say it probably two two, two to three feet above okay. the water about you know i mean it, it was it was very noticeable the humps and i would say that they were kind of spread out yeah. you know maybe uh, uh four to five feet apart something, okay. something like that yeah, you've been pretty you know. discreet about this Denver in that case because um, that, well, that's not a boat wake by any sort of definition. I, I, I don't think so either, but yeah. you know, like without having any, you know, without having a, a picture or video or yeah. or you know, this or or a DNA sample, it's like who cares? This is just yeah. one of <laughs> thousands of, uh, of of reports, you know. Yeah. So I I didn't really make too big of a deal about it. I wrote a little uh, wrote a little piece about it on on um, on my blog and and all that. But uh, you know, it, it was a it was a cool experience for me. But uh, you know, as far as anybody else out there, I mean, yeah, it's just one of thousands, you know. Yeah, I would I would love it. I would love it, but I I do concur with your, your caution there in the sense of since this has become more of a serious thing for me over the years I'm now worried about capturing evidence because you know yeah. guy goes out to find Bigfoot finds Bigfoot that kind of thing guy goes looking for Lake Monsters finds Lake Monster has a book to sell just about Lake Monsters yeah. strangely enough yeah. and oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it all yeah, ties exactly. in very neatly <laughs> And, yeah, uh, I can you're, imagine you're, how people you're planting evidence. Yeah, you're you're just trying to sell books, so you're you're exactly. making up stories. And yeah, I, I get it. And uh, and and most of the people that say that, <laughs> they don't realize like how little the the royalty checks are yeah, on these. Exactly. Books. I yeah. mean, I've got man, I have months where you know, like you know, maybe you're breaking fifty bucks or something. I mean, I you know, it's doing just... this for money. I would have stopped a long <laughs> yeah. time ago. Yeah, if if it was about money, I mean, that's a uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's like uh in your upper echelon of people, there, you know, there's like two or three guys or gals that are making some money, but the rest yeah. of us just doing even it because those guys. We, we I mean, it. it's not the most popular genre in the world even, even Bigfoot. Yeah. Um it's not like ghosts or something. If you're like a ghost guy writing ghost books and oh, you're, you know, you're in some uh, building somewhere with the lights off and the night vision on, then the big bucks might start rolling in. You're looking scared there, hearing noises and feeling cold spots, <laughs> you know. But um, cryptozoology, I think it's it's just it's definitely a, a crime of passion. You know, in a way. It, it is, and, and you know that's even true for a lot of the the, the paranormal folks. Mm -hmm. There's, like I said, there's uh, you know there's a couple popular people that yeah. have the uh, you know they have the dramatic TV shows, and then everybody else is. You know, just out there, uh, 
you know, uh, with a passion and, and, and with a desire to, to kind of learn more. And, uh, you know, it, you know, most of the people don't get in this stuff for money. Although I, you know, it's not to say that, uh, there aren't people making money on this, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> not many and, and not well, much. Wow, I'm, I'm happy for those yeah, guys. I really sure. am. I mean, there is a lot of money in this industry, uh, but I found it's more normally money I'm spending. <laughs> it's a lot of, it yeah, does involve a lot of money, money. I mean, leaving my account and yeah yeah, yeah but you know, it, I, mean, I mean that's all part of it we do it because we love it and you know that's that's one of the things one of the things that was interesting uh you wrote about she was the little people like these little tribes basically and um i had sort of i had like the mimigwesi and and things like that um I thought it was just very interesting to these little burial sites that you discovered around the place. And I know yeah. there were some stories about those things a long time ago, but can you tell us a little bit about these? these what is the evidence for these little burial uh, yards of, of um, proto-pygmies or little foots or whatever it is that, that's been discovered out there? Yeah, so, um, and this is something, one of these days, I'm probably, I'm probably going to end up doing a book about it one of these days. This is one of those deals, man, I, uh, I was really going kind of hard at it and got, got about halfway through a book and then I just hit a mental roadblock and I set it down about a year ago and (laughs) you could probably relate, I don't know, but, uh, you know, any of your listeners could probably relate that have, uh, you know, done any writing, but, um, yeah, um, you know, in North America, I mean, throughout North America, uh, uh, your various uh, Native American tribes, um, you know, have a lot of tales of these these little people. And, and they're in a lot of ways similar to, um, you know, the little people over, you know, in your neck of the woods over that way or, um, you know, in the in, in Hawaii, you know, it, it's sort of a. I guess kind of a, a, a universal uh, sort of thing, but um, w- the interesting thing here, at least, like in the um, in the 1800s, uh, early 1800s, around 1820s, uh, especially in Tennessee, uh, uh, like around White County, Tennessee, not too far from Nashville, there were just all these uh, discoveries of what they would call pygmy graveyards. I mean, just. Uh, tons and tons and tons of, of, of these skeletal finds of, of these, uh, you know, little people. And, you know, of course, the skeptics, you know, say they're children and, and this and that. But then a lot of the writings, you know, they talked about how the how the skulls, you know, were, were you know, fully formed. They had adult teeth, you know, they did, mm. you know, all uh, things like that, that you know, where they could, uh, where that they could tell that these were, um, you know, adult skeletons and, you know, would have stood, you know, less than four feet tall in, in a lot of cases. And, um, you know, you had those, a lot of those discoveries, like I said, in Tennessee, um, up into Kentucky a little bit, um, out in Ohio, um, there were, um, you know, a lot of those stories, maybe not a lot of the stories, but, you know, some, some old, um, documented reports from around the late 1800s in Ohio, uh, even out in South Dakota. And I know a lot of people are real are familiar with the fact that, you know, across North America, 1800s are, you know, tons of reports and old histories of, of giant skeletons. But a lot of people don't know about these, these uh, you know, these uh, pygmy skeletal finds. And uh, I, I think it's real interesting and, um, 
you know, of course, you know, it's uh, totally written off as a, as a hoax by uh, the, the mainstream. But um, I don't know. I'm just always kind of prone to, to look into things like that. You know, I, I don't uh, I, I just don't think we know as much as we think we know, no, whether it be about our natural world, uh, the animals that are living in our world or, or our history. You know, I, I tend to think, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, our history books are full of crap. You know, I think. Oh, that's something we, we definitely experience here. Um, uh, you know, to give an example of that, uh, in Britain, you hear about the Romans, uh, which, you know, came and invaded the, the island, even in their own words, they talk about taking the island from the Celts. And um, and they couldn't, you know, defeat the Proto-Scots or the Picto who were there at that time. And then suddenly you hear about the Saxons, the Anglo-Saxons, and that's like, like it's almost like five centuries later. Nothing about the Celts in between. <laughs> it's just, yeah. like, uh, you know, it's just that Romans got here, and then the yeah, Saxons got here, and then it was, you know, England, Britain, so on and so forth, the Vikings. And it's just really odd because, you know, most of the island or the large parts of it is still really very Celtic places in a way, but that part of the history is just conveniently missed out yeah. and it seems a, a strange thing really and i guess i know people say history is written by the winners but i think it's it, there's something a bit more than that it's written for the majority audience that's going to read it as well so i think yeah. from a point of sort of england being a dominant nation here that's the majority audience yeah uh, that would read that like, historically and so yeah it's it's, it's strange how that happens yeah but these, and, and these no, uh, I'm just going to say, not only is, is, is history written in certain ways, but then you've got, and and you're seeing this now in real time, yeah. where you're having um, history suppressed. So, like, yes. the and, and you're really seeing that it's like, it's a little easier now with the, with the click or a tweak of an algorithm you can yeah. just bury search results yeah. and, and and so but that same sort of thing has always went on it just wasn't with, via computer with with algorithms that's why but i always yeah, keep paper yeah. i always keep books yeah yeah well you know i think um that's that, that would be very interesting as well but i wonder why um at the time when these proto pygmies were discovered that People wouldn't have been very interested scientifically in them. It's a strange thing. You see, if they were just under four feet, well, you know, a lot of the pygmies in the Congo were around about four feet tall, less in many cases. Yeah. And really scientifically, we've got no problem accepting that. So it's strange to me, you know, uh, to think of the reasons they might have had for hiding the evidence or, or just ignoring it. Do you have any theories about that? it's i'm really not sure because um you know it especially it you know in the earlier part of the 1800s um you know it was kind of widely accepted like uh, about these giants and and things i mean people pretty much believed in it um you know because you had a more um uh sort of a, like a bible believing population yeah. in the u.s then so they kind of took for granted that yes there okay. were giants because it is in the bible but why they wouldn't um not really sure why they uh why, why there wasn't the, the interest in you know in these pygmy skeletons i don't know if maybe because it wasn't as widespread i'm not sure um but um you know by the uh, 1860s and 70s um 
you know, there were people taking interest in this and, 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 you know, doing research, you know, measuring bones and, and, yeah. and reporting their findings and that sort of thing. But the, uh, you know, sort of the powers that be like the Smithsonian, uh, those kind of uh, yeah. people were, um, they were very hostile to it. I mean, uh, I, there's a, and I've got some of these, uh, some of these stories, uh, you know, on my website yeah. that, that, uh, you know, just writing like, you know, just scathing, nasty, uh, things about wow. the, 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 you know, the guys that were, uh, you know, uh, bringing this, this sort of thing to light. So I, I'm not really sure why. I, I don't know if it just, um, I wonder if there's some sort of really PT Barnum effect or something yeah, like that. I, yeah. It, it, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really have, um, have a good answer for that. I mean, I know why now, you know, cause nowadays it's, you know, the science is already settled for everything. It seems like, you know, and you're not allowed to really, you know, ask any sort of questions these days without. Oh yeah. Science is settled period, which, which is a very strange thing. It's a very unscientific thing to say, oddly. Seems kind um, of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, cause it's, I mean, it, I suppose it can't be settled exactly because it's, um, it's the same in medicine stuff, you know, most of what you do, diagnosis is exclusions. You exclude things. You, you find out what it isn't. Yeah. You find out what it is, you know, and it's, um, it's, I'm sure it's very much the same with many scientific uh, investigations as well. Um, talking about the, you know, the pygmies, the proto-pygmies, I think that's amazing to think that there could have been uh, people like that around at the time. And it also makes sense in the sense of in old times, and it was one of my theories I've looked at for Europe as well. When communities become insular for in long periods of time, you know, certain recessive traits yeah. are more common. And um, I was thinking of the Vodoma people you know, in Africa, with the ostrich, the bird-footed people. They're not allowed to marry outside the tribe, and so you know these weird deformities of the feet getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and and uh, you develop something quite unusual you know what would these guys been have been described as 300 years ago you know yeah. creatures or half man half beast uh, and perhaps that was the same with some shorter um, tribes of people but what about the the giants because that's another aspect north america is full of histories of giants have you and i know you've been going around and finding various ancient glyph sites around the place as well and rock art sites is there some sort of connection with that? Are they portrayed, some of the ancient glyphs and rock art, or is it just something that's spoken of through um, the 19th century explorers and Native American legend? Well, I think, um, you know, as far as uh, petroglyphs, uh, things like that go, I haven't really seen them, you know, so much depicted through, uh, through petroglyphs. But, you know, what I have noticed is... Um, a lot of uh, the petroglyphs out west here, uh, a lot of the humanoid figures will have like um, six fingers or, or they'll be barefooted, right, and have six toes. So if you think back to the to the Bible, it talks about how Goliath's brothers, you know, each had, um, you know, six, uh, six fingers on each hand, so, you know, six, you know, 24 digits, you know, it says in the Bible. And so that seemed to seems to be kind of a thing with uh, a lot of your giant lore 
really just uh, you know worldwide how uh, there's the reports of the you know the extra digits um mm. and and it, i think it is kind of interesting that there's uh there's there's a lot of um petroglyphs and rock carvings that that show that like um uh, like in north carolina that uh, uh, the judico rock um you know uh, not far from the cherokee land you know this massive boulder it's got like a like a seven-fingered handprint where you know the giant leapt off the mountain and you know used the rock mm. to steady itself and and left this uh, seven-fingered um, handprint so i think it's wow. interesting those um you know that trait those extra digits and um and i saw one um one pretty cool petroglyph in in utah and this i, I mean this is like um I mean, the figure is, is really probably like four or five feet tall, but it's this, uh, you know, really good humanoid figure. And I mean, and, and, you know, you can, you can tell us not, it, it, it looks like a person. It's, it's not one of those like real weird things. And he's got like, a, oh, yeah. like, a, like a sword across his back. And, but wow. it, it's interesting. He's got these just enormously disproportionate feet. And, you know, a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, uh, Bigfoot researchers, you know, kind of lump that in like, oh, there's evidence of Bigfoot. I don't really think that just because he's got big feet that it's pointing to uh, to a Bigfoot because it looks just like a person. I've never yeah. heard any Bigfoot reports where he's uh, carrying a sword around. So it looks just like <laughs> you a know? person. Yeah. Well, yeah. But what is interesting about that petroglyph, though, is that. um you know, at least on his hands. I, I don't think I could really tell on its feet how many toes it has, but the hands, mm. you know, six fingers. So uh. what I, you know, this is just my own kooky little theory. I think that they were trying to show that this guy was a giant, right? Because he's got yeah. the, he's got the five hands. That's the, the, the big exaggerated feet were probably showing that, you know, he left these, you know, big tracks, you know, you know, where he walked, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I think that that's sort of some, you know, anecdotal evidence maybe well, for, uh, you know, for some of those ancient correlation. Uh, yeah, um, I think. Assuming Native Americans at that time had no idea of the Goliath story or the story of the defeat of his brothers, which most Christians aren't really very aware of either. Uh, the, yeah. the six-fingered, you know, double-road teeth that the, the um, the siblings of his had it was from a you know a family of giants and it's strange to me that that would be repeated in a, a very disparate culture from a different background religion essentially yeah yeah it, it's interesting it's definitely yeah. interesting but uh you know uh, I mean, what i have you know what i have uh, done a lot of as far as uh you know the the giant uh, go is uh, you know visit a lot of these mound sites uh, throughout the mm. especially in the Ohio Valley where um, you know supposed uh, giant bones have uh, you know been discovered and uh, you know there's not really you know this all happened so long ago these mounds are you know a lot of them are even destroyed or some of them have been reconstructed so you know there's it's not like you can really investigate anything now you know as far as bringing anything new to light I, but it's still still kind of like to put my feet on the ground in these yeah places. and see and the the location of these yeah. things so in, yeah. before it destroyed you mean that uh, uh treasure hunters i guess dug them up or 19th century archaeologists sort of emptied the tombs to see what was in there were yeah. they tombs did they find tombs there in that time yeah. or was it 
yeah yeah you had you had uh both of that going on um and, and yeah and in, in a lot of the cases you know the the people were you know were buried like laying down and then they just build you know successive burials and mounds over top but in some cases there's actual like vaults and, okay. and tombs uh, inside these mounds you yeah. know and, and that was usually reserved for you know what would appear to be like um probably uh royalty right um you know, because a lot of times it'd be like a you know like a seven and a half foot skeleton sometimes yeah. with like copper crowns that sort of thing and sometimes it'd have like uh you know even you know smaller skeletons in there with them that was uh kind of something the ancients used to do is uh you know the leader would die and yeah, <laughs> i yeah. guess yeah, a bunch funny. of his, his or her favorite people <laughs> have to get buried you with have him, a pretty you know? good incentive to make sure they made it <laughs> i guess so but but yeah so they would have um you know have these uh in some of these you know really large mounds you know they'd have these these vaults and and um you know these, these actual tombs and some of them not all of them but some of them and um yeah and and you know a lot of them were destroyed too probably the bulk of them were destroyed not even you know by treasure hunters or things like that but just um you know just as we you know push west um uh people were just um you know plowing them up you know to cultivate yeah. crops you know things oh, like that oh you mean that. just to, to use the land essentially yeah exactly land yeah, yeah just for land usage yeah yeah and even wow. in even in fairly recent times i mean i think that they're uh is there is there some sort of prohibition or um, archaeological um uh, law that's that's protecting these sites well i nowadays uh, i guess there kind of is and it's it's probably uh and you know more like on the local level but i do know i i, I want to say over in kentucky um not too many years ago maybe like 20 years ago i think the, a mound was demolished wow. um to put in a like a walmart parking lot you wow. know um but uh, they are a whole lot more protected these yeah. days. Just like uh, like in my home state of Virginia, right? That's one of the first thirteen colonies, and a lot of people don't even know that there used to be tons of you know mounds in in Virginia. Wow. But uh, you know they started getting tore up you know a long long time ago. So um, you know there's a lot there's not even you know records anymore of a lot of that stuff so it's, it's really sad what, what yeah. happened to a lot of that I, I try to think of this stuff sometimes especially in, in view of what people did in the past from this practical sort of point of view we, we didn't really have that well not especially anyway that that idea of preserving things and looking back on this this history for many many years yeah. and and something was on your land and you needed it there was no sort of uh, award that went to your or sort of compensation for keeping it intact you yeah. just kind of got rid of it you know i'd even imagine probably yeah. things like stone hens would have been torn down if they had not been valuable to people or they just it wasn't in anybody's way it wasn't a viable piece of land i guess for <laughs> farming or whatever else that took place yeah. and it's a strange thing there are many mounds here by the way that have never been touched yeah okay many many mounds um but even you know things aren't built over i mean remember the king we discovered below the car park which is the third uh who was buried <laughs> below a, I, I forget the name of the store but they had to do some works i think 
on this car park and it was expanding something weird like that and they they found the bones in this look you know i suppose very particular royal looking burial site and dug it up and they um found one of his surviving ancestors and did dna tests and realized it was richard the third you know a king that being defeated in battle here so is they wow. call him the king under the car park <laughs> yeah. wow yeah so i guess it you know it happens all the time and of course, it country. Yeah. This is just people buried all over the place. The big railway yeah. that we're building at the moment through London and up into the north, um, they're just digging up people from the plague and everything constantly, all the time, you know, nonstop. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of strange. I there's a lot of unmarked graves up there with, you know, you know from the plague and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And every time they find skeletons or a new batch of skeletons, you know, the archaeologists have got to come in and give them, stop everything, give them the approval before they can carry on. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. They do that here now. Like, yeah. uh, you know, if they're putting a road or something through yeah. and, um, you know, uh, you know, like a, an old body or whatever comes up, they'll, they'll have archaeologists come in and, and, and then they'll, you know, they'll try to figure out, you know, who it belongs to. And, you know, if it, if the project needs to stop this or that. So, um, yeah, there's also a lot of incentive for, uh, you know, like developers and stuff, to, you know, maybe to you know, not say anything. Well, if, uh, this is the thing, because I think you have to foot the bill often. Here, if you buy a property in the UK, uh, like an old church, a lot of old churches or chapels become converted into houses because there's just so many of them. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> you start digging or doing works, and then you find bones beneath the floor. And oftentimes, that is the case because the clergy would have been buried on the premises, mm -hmm. uh, very special people within the premises, and that would be marked out. Then, not only do you have the archaeologists have to come in, you often have to foot the bill for the works, mm. and um at least that used to be the rule and you don't even get to keep you know one of us found you know that's taken <laughs> off as a national oh, yeah it's a part of the you know it's owned i suppose by the yeah. the, the country's antiquities or whatever archaeological i don't know the exact law but it's a strange thing so i think if i ever bought one of these old <laughs> chapels i wouldn't do anything curtains maybe say curtains yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame you yeah. for that yeah what about i mean you do so much on water monsters, but I was very interested in, and I'm very interested at the moment in these freshwater octopus sightings. You know, I know the Oklahoma octopuses is one of them, but there are also versions of that in South America, freshwater octopus or something that appears to be octopus-like. Is it called the Cuervo or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh what is it? Quero, Quero, Quero. Yeah. Which I, I think, yeah, I think in Spanish that I think it translates to like cowhide or, or oh, something. Cowhide. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think is, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of, um, one of those weird things in, in some of those Chilean and Patagonian lakes, this, uh, you know, this <laughs> creature, it's like, you know, I, you know, if you want to debunk it, it, it almost sounds like a, like a large freshwater stingray. The, mm. the problem is they don't have those there, you know, yeah. that the, the freshwater stingrays, that's, uh, you know, that's in the, in the warm, uh, tropical waters, not in those, uh, cold mm. glacial waters. But, uh, yeah, this, this thing is, uh, you know, uh, some accounts say they, they got kind of like tentacles and, and other accounts, they, uh, 
you know, they have like these, uh, like these claws on the, on, on along, kind of, kind of like running along the edge of their, of their body. Huh. And, and supposedly they just sort of like, um, I guess a good word would be like envelop uh, their victims. Like, uh, you know, something will come up close to the water and they're just, you know, just kind of like in, envelop them. And, and oh, so I guess so they, they uh, take it from the land. They grab the creature from the, the land. Yeah. That's, I, I, I've read a few of those, like, you know, like if somebody's like up real or, or like, um, you know, like a dog or, or, wow. or, 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 or a small cat or yeah. something like that. It's kind of like, kind of like come up from under the water or sand and just, you know, wow. so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about, uh, you know, mm. those reports, it's kind of, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot to go on, you know, and especially mm. if you don't speak. Spanish, you know, going through a lot of, uh, you know, that old folklore and stuff, but it, it does have, I guess, uh, a little similarity to, you know, some of those things you hear like about the Oklahoma octopus mm. and, um, you know, I've always sort of, um, not been a big believer in the Oklahoma octopus, um, yeah. those tales, um, why know, is that? I, is that there's something about the, the story that just seems a bit off or, or um, uh, what's the word? Yeah, uh, like canonical in a way, sort of like a local folk tale. Yeah, because you know, like when I first really started looking into it, um, like every everything you would read, like kind of pointed back to the same stories. Okay. And, and and then when you when you go back far enough, you can you can kind of trace it. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. I don't even know if you had it over there, but uh, we got that Animal Planet uh, over here in the U.S. And they used sure. to have this show, Lost Tapes, oh, where yeah. they would do these yeah. uh, dramatizations, and yeah. it was it was just acting. It would you know it would mostly made it up. Would have like a, yeah, yeah, it would have like a cool cryptozoology story, but I mean it was all acting, and yeah. and I um, mean and a lot of it was like you said, just outright made up. And they did one that was like a, about the Oklahoma octopus, uh -huh. and basically there were these teenagers out on the lake, and you know the the octopus kept like picking them off one by one, and like oh, yeah. you know one <laughs> like one girl, I think I think the girl got away, and you know said that she had like um you know, these oh, like big stuff, yeah, suction yeah. Cupped, uh, places all over yeah. and like everything you looked at, like, like kind of went back to, to that. But I think that that show was really created in response because there were, I want to say like around 2005, 2007 timeframe, there was like a, uh, like a really sharp uptick in drownings in a, in a few of the lakes down there. And I think that that kind of, um, you know, came as a result of, of those drownings and things. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, like in, in one of those drownings, a little boy was, uh, I think he, I want to say he was seven said that like that something had his leg and like he was screaming and like something was pulling him down and you know so i've always thought that you know maybe a better explanation for um you know rather than a freshwater octopus in a man-made lake that just that doesn't really even make a whole lot of sense really but uh i always thought maybe you know maybe it's just like a really big catfish you yeah. know because a kid 
um, you know, out swimming in a murky lake, you know, is you know, toes kicking yeah. around. Yeah, yeah that, that can mimic bait fish, you know, and, a, yeah. you know, catfish, you know, might just, you know, chomped onto his leg yeah. and just like pulled down and he drowned, I think. So I think that might have been more to do to do with it. And, um, you know, and again, and, and the other thing, too, is like, yeah, you you've got a few lakes that have a a sharp uptick in drownings right but you're not um like say if you had you know four drownings and you know you you double it um you know 100 percent, right i mean that's still eight that's eight drownings it's not like enough to me to that's the sort of a strange phenomenon though isn't it that we often and especially in um ancient societies but we do it now as well i was was confused that the for instance the first um, Mothman sort of sightings were all linked to these accidents on this bridge, and actually yeah. you don't hear a lot about the sightings themselves. Just that there was something seen, and then these accidents took place. Like an omen, and that sounds very folkloric to me. Like actually, there were a lot of accidents, and then I wonder, does the um, folkloric explanation come afterwards? I, I was looking into the book with, for example, um, and you can't really find any sightings it's just associated with drowning and children and the rest of it and I wonder if there's something yeah. in our psyche or something in ancient cultures as well that has to make up a sort of a boogeyman for when tragedy strikes and then yeah, we I start mean, uh, you know creating these creatures that must have taken people away even as a as a cautionary tale for other yeah. children to stay away from that situation yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I guess uh, I mean, if you think about it, it's uh, I guess it's a lot easier to accept that, um, you know, this this weird octopus creature yeah. kid was just out uh, having fun on a summer day and boom, and, you know, yeah. now he or she is dead. I mean, that's um, I don't know. I guess I kinda, yeah. guess I kind of like the octopus story better. Right. Yeah, I mean, drowning is actually apparently not very pleasant at all. I'd definitely be munched up by a giant octopus. <laughs> to drown. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. At least it wasn't my fault. Um, <laughs> what happened to him? He drowned, right? No, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> this guy was taken by a huge freshwater octopus. Yeah, he that's, fought that's hard, so but he was that man. How <laughs> gunned. Not his fault. Um, that that kind of, I think, leads me on to the uh, to the South American water monsters, sort of straight into that. Things like the Nahuelito um, and his cousins, you know, spread out throughout the, the um, South American continent. So that must have been very hard for you to research for a start. Most of the articles I find, like say, are in Spanish. They're very difficult yeah. to, to pick apart. What do you think about the, what's the, the background what's the likelihood that this has originated you know before loch ness became a thing and um and do you think it's real yeah it's you know it's hard to say i mean a lot of the um i i did see some of the uh some of those uh lake monster reports from patagonia supposedly you know went back to like 1910 1920 before really um you know, Nessie became so popular, but the bulk of them, you know, they are after. Um, but um, I, I really don't have a problem believing, at least in those Patagonian lakes, that there that there's something in there because they're, 
they're like the same type of lakes, like uh, like Loch Ness, or like Lake Champlain, or, or or these these other lakes. You know, the the real deep, um, real deep glacial lakes is uh, just where you get the bulk of these reports and the um, you know the, the 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 descriptions of the creatures. Um, sounds pretty darn close. You know, with Very the exception similar. of like the the quero that we were mm. talking about a minute ago that's that's just sort of its own thing i guess but yeah i mean it just seems like that there's you know just these uh prehistoric holdovers to me that are uh you know still kind of hanging out in some of these lakes uh you know that's just kind of what i think I, I'm, i've been on that page for a long time but it's, it's not a popular opinion but i just can't see how the bulk of the descriptive sightings at least at least anywhere that where there's a body and a long neck involved it's yeah. just what else could you possibly put this on there's nothing yeah. else you can it, put it on and it's not evidence i know that but it's anecdotal right. evidence is the bulk of what we go on so well yeah and you know for me like you know and and this is a very unpopular opinion um but for me, you know, whether whether we're talking Bigfoot or, or whether we're talking these these water monsters, yeah, the, the eyewitness reports. I get all of the all of the problems with with eyewitness testimony. I totally understand, but that to me is the best evidence, and That's will weird. always be the best evidence that there's something out mm-hmm. there. And, and the reason for that because it it. If you just say that that's not evidence, well, you know, then then what are you left with? You're left with everyone like like for Bigfoot. Everybody's either making it up or yeah. they're they're mistaking a black bear that, that yeah. stood up or, yeah. you know, these water monsters. Right. Everybody's either making it up. They're lying or it's just waves and logs. I, I, I just can't believe that. So uh, to, to me, the, the eyewitness accounts that that's that's number one for me. I'm sorry. It, it yeah. just is. And, um, you know, I just kind of go go from there. Like, you know, when, when somebody does come across a, an impressive Bigfoot track or you do see a, a really good lake monster picture that you just can't really debunk, you know, that only adds to um, that only adds uh to it for me i'm just kind of i guess i'm just kind of wired to believe that uh, that that people are or um you know having these uh, encounters yeah i mean for the most part definitely i think there's also this problem where people um conflate proof with evidence no it's not proof eyewitness reports are not proof but they are evidence yes they are evidence otherwise we would never have eyewitness testimony in law cases it's yeah. not conclusive proof but it's definitely still evidence it's always submitted as evidence and i think that's that's sort of a big conflict that goes on all the time oh well that's not evidence you can't so you can't admit it or submit it and that's the mistake yes we can it's soft evidence but it's still evidence yeah exactly i mean like you know if you got if you got 15 people and you know they all point to the same guy that's uh, that snatched this lady's purse, right? Yeah, that's exactly. that's evidence. You, that's you damning evidence. That yeah. 
you know, and, 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 you know, you got 15 people seeing the same thing, but you know, when 15 people see these humps out on a lake, it's, Oh no, it was a log or, you know, even if they describe seeing the neck or, or head, Oh no, no, it was a, it was a mass hallucination or, yeah, I mean, the debunkers will just come up with all kinds of, some of the explanations they come up with are way more crazy than just a somewhere in the water. I've always said that. Some of the um, some of the, some of the explanations of much that's further crazy. out really far. Yeah. The mass hallucination one, and that's really crazy because yeah. you know <laughs> people having any even individuals having hallucinations is very rare that somebody yeah. suffers from hallucinations. And actually, you're having a psychotic episode of the kind. It's really serious. Yeah. Like fifteen to twenty people seeing exactly the same thing. Now I know the power of suggestion and all of that, but it has to have a starting point. Yes. Not just that somebody influential in the crowd says, look, can you see that thing? And it, it, you get all kinds of different reports. Somebody said they could see it. I could see what looked like a mat of vegetables. I wasn't sure, that kind of thing. Not, we all saw this thing. We all watched it for yeah. 10 minutes, swim about the place. That, yeah. that That's where the hallucinations are stretched, I think, absolutely. But you know, yeah. I understand about the, the wakes and the seals and everything else. That's That's pretty reasonable. And of course... In our yeah. current climate, and we have this thing with Loch Ness at the moment with the cameras. There's a guy sitting, you know, on his laptop at home watching one of the cameras and reporting sightings to the newspapers every week. And you know, I think he's on 17 or 18 at the moment. And you know, there's people that have actually said, "Look, we we found out there were kayaks at that point at that time. It's like a quarter mile from the Loch Ness cam, uh, or there were people in the boat at that time." And you you literally just can't make out any detail. And the papers yeah. lap it up and. I think that adds to the the, um, the the support that eyewitnesses are unreliable. Yeah, it does for sure. Yeah, it does. And and you know, I uh, there there's a guy that uh, you know kind of friends with on Twitter, and he's he I, I think he just like sits at home and just just watches that camera all the time, and he'll he'll always send me screenshots, and yeah, you know, I don't don't want to hurt his feelings but i'm like oh yeah that's interesting man you know because some of them are interesting but you know it's just that it's like uh you know you keep without any more context it's 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 kind of hard to tell and and you know and back to like your your eyewitness stuff whether it's whether it's bigfoot or or whether it's uh, lake monsters or or ufos for that matter i mean i mean maybe you know, maybe up to ninety percent of this stuff is explainable with with like a mundane sure. explanation. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that, but you know, what about that ten percent? What about that five percent? And Even it only takes one. It don't. If one person sees one plesiosaur, then oh my goodness, we got. You know, exactly. that's it, exactly. it. Only takes one. You know exactly. Um. Yeah, I am working currently on submitting a law to the Scottish Parliament uh, that everybody travelling around the lot must be fitted with automatic cameras all over their body at all times, uh, reporting <laughs> to uh, to the cloud. <laughs> um, I'll go sign that. That's awesome. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, we'll have to develop some sort of algorithm to sort out the good from the bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, look, that, you know, that's. That's amazing. For me, Lake Monsters, I'm with you. It's the most plausible thing because of the the inability to investigate those areas, you know, um, for the average layman as well, who would be 
involved, like us, involved in these kinds of things. Um, let's move away from that more into the sort of slightly paranormal side. Things like the Skinwalker in Wendigo. Could there be, you know, could there be a flesh and blood um, explanation for some of those things, or do you think, you know, this is this is something that's either purely paranormal or purely some weird European or let's say you know Western interpretation of tribal folklore? It's something that we've taken on now and sort of run with. That's far away from the original. The original native um, uh, uh, depiction of the creature. Yeah, I mean that that's uh, that's kind of where I come down on these. Um, you know, as far as the Wendigo goes, um, you know, it's it's getting really popular and, and you know, like on Facebook things like that. But I just I just do not believe that there's a cryptid creature that's uh, you know ten feet tall with antlers on its head. Yeah, I, I just don't believe that at all. And, you know, if, if you really go back and read those stories, um, yeah, to me, the Wendigo sounds like a clear case of, and, and this would depend on what you believe. If, if you, if you're more uh, scientific minded, it would, it would be like an actual mental illness or psychosis. If you got more like a, you know, conservative Christian background, kind of, kind of like I do. Um, to me, it sounds like a clear cut case of demonic possession, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, and, and that seems to sort of like what, uh, you know, a lot of the native Americans that had these tales, like this spirit would, would oh, enter these people. Yeah. Right. And, and they would, they would crave, you know, human flesh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the spirit of the Wendigo would kind of take them over in, in no way. Um, I just, I just do not believe in the Wendigo as a cryptid. Not a real popular opinion with a lot of folks, but and, and you know, I don't, uh, I don't dismiss, you know, that they're weird things. But I think it's, um, you know, either cases of, you know, like mental illness. Um, you mm. know, so, so like, like almost like a, um, uh, a pre-scientific explanation, tribal explanation for mental illness and psychological disorders. Yeah, yeah, possibly, but uh, you know, I do, um, you know, I do believe, and you know, even even a lot of, uh, you know, I'm not like a devout Christian or anything, but I I do have those old old teachings, you know, yeah. so I do believe that um, demons, whatever you want, malevolent entities, whatever yeah. you want to call, them, I, I do believe that 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 is real. I in a true. sense, I, yeah. I don't think that everybody acting crazy is necessarily possessed no. by a demon, but I think that I think that that can and does um, you yeah. know, sort of happen from time to time, you know. Um, so I think that, you know, you might kind of like have a little bit of a combination there. But uh, as far as just, you know, this antlered, you know, emaciated thing. Yeah. I, I I just don't. Well, it buy sounds it. like a hallucination, doesn't it? In a way. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I just I just don't buy it. There's no there's no evidence for it as far as it being a physical creature. You know, uh, none whatsoever, really. Yeah. And the 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 eyewitness reports you do get, it's just um, you know, just a real smattering of of sightings. Um, yeah. A real hodgepodge oh. sort of um, uh, yeah. patchwork quilt kind of creature yeah right yeah and could it be anything to do with the ergo fungus um in the same way that some of the werewolf scares in europe were based upon 
this ergo poisoning, this city almost fire when they would, you know, sort of bark like wolves almost and have this these terrible, I suppose, uh, wig outs, you know, within the whole village and eating this tainted wheat. Could that have happened, I suppose, to these people with, with something similar uh, well, to, to bring about these situations? Yeah, I, I suppose it's it's possible, or you know, the the all the Wendigo tales is really like a real, um, you know, the, the way I understand it's like kind of a, a cultural way of um, uh, delving into the 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 kind of universal taboo of of eating human flesh, yeah. you know, okay. and um, you know, different people, um, you know, or different cultures kind of, kind of tackle it different ways. But, yeah. um, and, and I think that, um, there is that deal. I'm, I, I mean, I've read about it. I'm not, not real, you know, not, not real good at explaining it, but like, you know, if you eat human brains, there's, there's something in there that can sort of drive you like crazy. Uh, and okay. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I forget how it all works. Um, uh, you know, for, forgive me for that but there's um I, I, there's like a protein it's you know like if you okay. consume human brains that it's um but that was essentially you know, can the, kind of make you like go crazy sort of okay that's interesting so i don't um you know i yeah if i knew we were talking about it i would have wrote, <laughs> wrote a couple of no things. no no that's fine it just it sort of but, popped into my head there yeah. actually i i, mean, yeah. I don't, obviously i don't understand that at all I, it's a great um it's obviously a very terrible thing to consume anything like that and I would I would agree with that but also even if morally I wasn't against it I mean knowing the humans that I've known who'd want to eat those guys oh I, yeah I'm I'm right there with you that's just Stick that's just gross. I mean I, yeah. I could think of just about anything I'd eat before oh, that anything. and and you know that's uh and, and you know that that's really a taboo, kind of a, a universal taboo I guess there there's some cultures that, that will engage in it um you know, more, more or less, uh, you know, for other reasons, I think some will, you know, will eat, eat the human flesh, not as a way like a meal or, or, or nothing. It's meant to be evil, but like in their, uh, funerary customs, uh, that sort oh, of well, thing. I've heard a few bits like this. But, yeah. But, uh, it used to be common to cook yeah. and eat the placenta in some cultures after birth, you know, yeah, and that to That's me, pretty, when I first heard yeah. that, I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I when I first heard that, I, I remembered, yeah. you know, when my first child was born, and yeah. that, you know, I I was okay till I saw the <laughs> saw the placenta come out, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god, that's the most gross thing I've it's ever really seen in my gross. life. Yeah, because <laughs> at that ass. point, you think you've seen the worst of it. I think no, and no. Then, it's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> wait, there's something else that you weren't expecting. They didn't tell you about in the Lamars or the whatever classes that you oh, went to with your, your partner. And uh, yeah, yeah, get, yeah, get my, used my to this now. <laughs> it just, well, you know, I wondered, you know, in some, I always think some, it needs must in some cultures. So, do these things come from a time when um, a superstition is created about such things? To make the necessity for that protein consumption feasible, the same with sort of like things becoming delicacies. Most of the delicacies I've ever tasted have always been really horrific, yeah. like a complete, you know, a complete um, yeah. taste like horror show. I think this thing is called a delicacy because nobody would eat it willingly. 
Yeah. And somebody's <laughs> just managed to, you know, to, to charge a lot of money for even things like caviar, just like salt yeah. jelly. Yeah. Salt jelly that. balls, like, yeah. oh, it's yeah, nope, the worst no. thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know I've had you on for ages, but um, I just want to talk about the Bigfoot thing because, of course, everybody talks about that. And you've been all about the place, you know, all over the country. Have you have you been checking in on sort of Bigfoot sightings and legends uh, or, or stories in the, the locales that you've been visiting? And you were in Florida recently, so it's a great Bigfoot country, of course, country. Yeah. country. Any any sort of update on that? What did you find? Yeah, well, what I do try to do is, uh, um, I try to get out and, you know, in, out in the wilderness as, as much as I can. I spend a lot of times outdoors, spend a whole lot of times in the wilderness. And, and really, I mean, I don't, um, wouldn't really consider myself a, a Bigfoot researcher, but I do kind of do some research if that makes sense. Um, I, yeah. uh, I, I, uh, I, I really just kind of like to, to get out in the wilderness and, you know, just see what I can find. I don't, um, you know, I don't do these uh, nighttime deals like a lot of people do. I don't uh, do these calls. I mean, I, 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 I'm on the fence if Bigfoot would really even be nocturnal, right? Because they should have eyes more like us. If, if they're moving around at night, it's probably because you know, people are, you know, maybe they're close to a population okay. center and they're, okay. they're moving more at night because that's oh, so when it's the like people we're getting are. activity, but it's just them getting the hell out of there. That's that's what I think. That's just my own opinion, yeah. not a popular opinion. Everybody thinks Bigfoot's nocturnal. I yeah. get it. But, you know, they're they should have eyes and vision comparable to us. They if there's not a full moon out, they're not going to be able to see any better than we can. You know, so I don't think that night is a for me really the best time. And plus, I, I think I approach uh, Bigfoot like I did. I don't hunt anymore, but I used to uh, back in my 20s uh, and and teen years and into my early 30s. I was an avid hunter, uh, you know, real, real into uh, bow hunting. And I kind of approach it like I did that. I just I just try to sneak through the woods as quiet as I can, being as observant as I can, you know, sit down, let my noise settle down. And I think people doing these night things, you know, soon as you get your flashlight out, right? A, a Bigfoot can see that for, you know, for miles and miles and miles. So that's a, that's another reason. That's a I think I can right kind of exactly i think i can just and especially if you got a group of people right and you know they they got their flashlights going and a lot of times they got their cameras going and and this and that so i just i i per, for me i just don't understand the whole night thing but that's just me um but yeah i, I like to just get out in the woods look around see what i can find i spent a lot of time down in um down down in florida down uh this winter here and it's mostly kind of concentrating around the uh, green swamp area, which is just a just a huge tract of preserved land down there with with tons of sightings. And and I I, I had a had a deal down there that was um kind of like my uh, my, my flathead lake monster thing. I think I saw something, but I you know um, it's I, I'm even like less uh convinced sure. than, than 
with the yeah. I thick, but I mean, so, I was thick foliage yeah. doesn't really w- help for clarification. Yeah. I, I was like way back in there, you know. I'd, I'd probably hike about three, three or four miles, you know, back uh, back in there, and and really the green swamp. A lot of people think about it. it it's actually mostly dry land. The swamp is kind of a misnomer. It's it's mostly dry land, but there are, is a lot of standing waters. You know, there's alligators. It's it's so thick. It's it's really hard Cougars, to. Um, bears things like that yeah yeah there's uh all you know you you name it it's back there um you know, uh, big feral hog population wow. uh you know black bears all that but um i um i just kind of like stopped along a trail and um you know just getting a drink of water and i just like out of the corner of my eye there's like this palmetto prairie and for anybody overseas that doesn't really understand what that is it's just these uh these short like kind of kind of like a a, like a small palm tree but they're they're real short they got these serrated jaggy leaves and they call them palmetto prairies because it's just as far as you can see these things but then they'll be like real thick jungly woods like right on the edges of them so like on the edge of one of those i just saw something man just like out of the corner of my eye and it looked i mean it looked like a like it's like at a three-quarter position so yeah saw like the like the back of its head it didn't look like it had a neck wow. you know kind of um hairy hairy like, or you, yeah it looked you, like like yeah. reddish hairy and i just saw it for a few seconds and then you know it's like it just kind of just just like sort of ducked in that real thick woods and you know so it can't i can't uh, be a black bear it's the wrong color to start i mean some black bears do have reddish uh you know do we're have talking red but, like open or red like ginger uh well i would say like a um uh, like a blackish red like okay. uh like that'd be like an auburn yeah. yeah um and so like you know when the light hits a black bear, you know, if you got the sun on it real good, it will have like a, a red. And, and plus, you know, like black bears, there can be like light brown ones. There can be almost blonde ones. That's kind of the exception. But, you know, they, they do have variations in their colors. But with, with what I saw, it didn't have like the big, you know, like bears have big heads, yeah. you know, and they got like these, you know, little little round ears. that I, If it were, you know, like standing up mm. and. You know, but I mean, you know, maybe it was that because I, I, uh, I went through I, after I got a drink of water, I, you know, kind of cut through that palmetto prairie. I mean, it's just real thick and just, oh, just hard to walk through. I get over there and the ground was really too hard over in the, um, over in the woods there. It's, you yeah. know, for, couldn't really find any tracks. Oh, so there wasn't any spot mud and everything. You went to where you yeah, just yeah, there wasn't any mud or yeah. nothing. And and then like over like if it had come from that palmetto prairie, I mean it was so thick you couldn't make anything out. And I, I just I don't know. I didn't find moral of the story. I didn't find any tracks. I didn't get any pictures. Uh, so whatever. <laughs> Maybe I saw from a distance turn away from you. <laughs> and the interesting thing about that, I was very surprised to know that you know that Florida has one of the highest densities of you know bigfoot sightings in the u.s allegedly yeah it's it's i I think it's uh you know if you're using the uh the bigfoot field researchers if you're using their 
database as a gauge. They're number yeah. three, I want to say. I mean, number yeah. one is like Washington State, and I yeah. think two is either Oregon or California, and then Florida's number three. But I really think that, that and I don't, I, well, I, there, a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, you think of Florida and you think of uh, 300 mile strip malls along each coast yeah, and, yeah. And, and there's a lot of truth to that but even in those real populated areas there's a lot of uh, preserved land and yeah. then when you get in the middle of the state i mean it ain't nothing but orange groves uh, yeah. cattle ranches and like thick jungly swamps i you mean there is so everglades much. part as well i mean you know it's, oh the uh, everglades is yeah. just and and you know it's impenetrable like mm -hmm. if you get off a trail and try walking through that stuff well you need to have on some you know like like you know rubber boots waders and, and you yeah. still just you know trudging through that stuff i mean it's alligator almost, country oh, as well yeah. you're, you're alligator gigantic pythons and yeah uh, you, do they have water moccasins and things like that? Oh, there? yeah, yeah. There's like rattle, six rattlesnakes. Yeah, they got rattlesnakes. They got pygmy rattlesnakes, <laughs> water moccasins, copperheads. They got like six uh, venomous snakes. I mean, okay. it's... Yeah, like Sounds Florida lovely. is like the closest thing to Australia, I guess. <laughs> yeah, everything there <laughs> You know, with all the... You know, like Absolutely. everything wants to kill you, you know, yeah. down there. Yeah, but, it, uh, it just seemed like the Wild West down there, actually. You know, I've been very interested yeah. in that place. For, I've spent one day there. Or a night and a day. Um, first time I came to the U.S., there was a, a storm, one of the big storms in the Atlantic, and I was heading to New York, and they diverted us to Florida, and I stayed in a hotel overnight, Orlando, you know. Yeah. Uh, the next day, but um, I was just shocked by two things. The first was the sheer amount of, even from the airport, like wet land, like yeah. ponds and pools and trees everywhere. That was in like, a popular populated place like Orlando. Yeah. But also that uh, when I got off the little shuttle from the airport there and the doors opened, and I think that was my first experience. I came from the plane straight into uh, immigration, then out. It was like somebody <coughs> sorry, got a hot towel and just shoved it in my face. <laughs> like yeah, a wet it's hot really towel. Hot. <laughs> it's, it's so humid and so, so hot. Yeah. yeah. But I think, um, I, you know, you're talking about how you know, and, and a lot of people think this, that it doesn't really make a lot of sense, you know, for all the Bigfoot sightings in Florida, because you really think of, I mean, if, if you're thinking Bigfoot, most people are thinking Pacific Northwest and, and Western Canada, and I get that, but I think what comes to play with Florida a lot, um, and I'm not saying that there aren't what you would call Bigfoot creatures in Florida. I think there probably are. Whatever I think I saw you know, it's probably about six and a half feet tall, okay. you know, you know, when I went and, and checked it all out. But what I think you you have in Florida that really accounts for a lot of the uh, Bigfoot sightings, I think you've got a, a huge population, huge might be an exaggeration, but I think you got a, a, a population of feral um, orangutans, chimps, and that sort of thing, because florida has tons of these um uh, uh monkey breeding facilities oh, all over okay. yeah. that they use like for research and stuff there's and, a monkey rescue you know, center primate rescue center in the middle of the and they've got, as well isn't there yeah yeah 
they've got a great they, yeah they've got some great ape uh, rescue centers where like you know a lot of your 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 chimps and baboons yeah. and you know orangutans and and all of that were you know where, where they've been rescued from places that used to test them and and plus florida has all you know um I, things have changed a lot now, but at least in the older days, you know, there used to be those old traveling circuses yeah. in Florida, uh, stuff like that. And, 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 you know, those research, uh, you know, those breeding facilities, they, they put them in Florida because it, it's, it's so much more cost effective because, you know, even a cold night, it, it hardly ever gets down, you know, okay. down freezing. I mean, it does. But not enough, you know, the that they have like if you go a couple hundred yeah. more miles north, they gotta um you know, they gotta enclose them so they can save so much money. So you got all these research facilities, uh breeding facilities, you got this exotic pet trade. And you know, like every time a, a hurricane hits, that's that's why you got all these pythons running around everywhere. These these hurricanes, you know, everybody evacuates and and then these you know these creatures get loose i mean up um there's a state park me and the me and the wife went to up um near ocala they've got this uh it's it's the damnedest thing you ever seen they just have these these uh feral monkeys just you know just flopping around in the trees where they just uh you know got loose however many years ago and they've just got a um you know reproducing uh populations of feral it's, monkeys so i think amazing. that that's got a lost lot. world yeah yeah i i just think that that has a lot to do with the uh, you know and i'm not saying that, that that there aren't any you know i'm not saying that this solves everything but i'm no. saying that i think in, in a lot of the reports you get a lot of the reports in florida i mean it sounds like just like an some an orangutan or or, or something uh, well you know? i mean you know, the famous picture um yeah it looks it could even be a mud covered orangutan i mean you know it's because yeah, it's I mean, dark fur and it, yeah. everything about it looks like an orangutan apart yeah. from its color yeah. which is um you know very significant i think yeah i i've always been interested in this place it's like a lost world it's a bit wild westy you know as far yeah, as people and the way they live and there's a lot of freedom <laughs> yeah. in that but of you know, yeah. there's downsides to that kind of freedom, obviously. Um, and hurricane season. I had a friend that moved from New York recently, moved there, and uh, took the family and got his first hurricane season. You know, and um, yeah, 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 it's a different world, especially if you live in a place. And I know a lot, a lot of Brits moved there, uh, a place like I've lived in London, to go somewhere that's sweltering hot all the time. There's tons yeah. of dangerous animals, but you live in a sort of a I suppose in a, a pristine, isolated place where you don't really encounter that, and you step out into the woods, see some orangutan mm. standing in the tree line. You know, what are you going to think other than, what on earth is this creature looking at me? Yeah. Although your sighting, you say six and a half feet. I mean, that's where that's, I that, range yeah, for any. That doesn't, yeah, right. that's that's kind of what where I was like, well. You know, I don't know if my little theory here about you know mostly uh, feral feral apes uh, if it really holds up for this but then again like i said if um you know i probably should have found some some tracks somewhere uh, or or yeah. something so maybe it was just 
maybe it was just the I, the way I was holding my mouth when the wind blew. I don't I don't know. It just it is what it is. You Mass know, hallucination. It's, it's, yeah, maybe maybe for I one. Was <laughs> hallucinations i mean i'll that's take a fine. mass hallucination for one please <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well look, i think it's you know it's supremely interesting just before we wrap up i want to talk about you've got a new book coming out about mammoths yes yeah uh, that's really interesting to me i love that subject could there be megafauna still wandering about the place and that that's really fascinating to me what what, what i don't give too much away obviously in the book but what's the What's uh, stoked that interest, and you know, well, is it going to be packed full of sightings and modern day reports? Yeah, so so the book should be right now. I've got it uh, scheduled to come out uh, May the first of twenty twenty three. I did that to give myself plenty of time. It, it'll probably, I, I think, I'll probably end up getting it out in in February or something. Okay. But the, the latest would be May. But anyway, this is one of those subjects that. Uh, I um, have just always been interested in this. And, and one of the things, what really um, started that interest for me, I don't know how much of your listeners uh, would, would be familiar with uh, Louis L'Amour, but he's, uh, he was an, an American um, author, um, you know, real famous for his Western novels, right? And, I mean, he sold like a stupid amount of books, like 300 million books in his day. Wow. But anyway, he, um, he would always like weave these like real subtle, like weave these ideas in his stories of like, you know, pre-Columbian contact, you know, with, with the Native Americans, you know, talking about the Irish, you know, coming over in 500 AD and, and things like that. And he had this book, Jubal Sackett, that I read. And I want to say I'm like 18, 19, probably around 19. But in the book, um, uh, this, uh, the, the, the main character, Jubal, he's, he's got a, a Kickapoo companion that he's traveling with. And, and he was telling him about this, uh, this elephant like creature that, uh, that lives. And, 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 you know, in, in the author, uh, sec- in, later in the book, you know, Jubal sees the mammoth and, and later in the book, um, in the author's notes, Lamour had these, um, had these little accounts where, you know, in some of the native traditions, you know, that they talked about mammoths still being alive. And, you know, up until, I mean, up, up, up until the 1800s in, in a lot of cases, um, you know, so that really kind of piqued my interest. I'm, I'm like, what? It, it was just something that, that, that really stuck with me. You know, um, and as, as I got older, I read um, Vine Deloria Jr.'s book, uh, Red Earth, White Lies. And it's sort of a, um, uh, he, he, he's a, uh, uh, he's dead now, but he was, um, you know, a, a Native American um, activist, a scholar. And he sort of like took on the scientific uh, establishment as far as, um, you know, back when he wrote the book, it was real popular theory that the uh that the native americans killed off the megafauna through over hunting and you know and he makes a case that that's stupid you know <laughs> it's just like a stupid hypothesis but anyway he talks about um you know these uh, native american uh, legends how how that there were still mammoths uh, wow. and, and mastodons uh, you know on the north american continent you know when the pilgrims arrived and so 
I take a lot of um, the the book has a lot of that in there. You know, the the Native American tales. I take a lot of um, supposed sightings. Um, you know, in there, and you know, I talk a little bit about you know how it might even be possible say like in siberia that uh, i'm not saying that there's you know any mammoths running around in montana i'm not not suggesting that at all but i think there may have been you know as late as you know a couple hundred years ago you know based on on some of this folklore and um you know, I think it's going to be a fun book. It's not, um, I, 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 it's not something I don't think anybody's really, really covered a whole lot in depth, at least not recently. Uh, you There's know, not a lot of bats, you no, know, and, and, um, yeah. and really the gist of the book is not so much to, you know, change anybody's uh, opinion on things. I, I, I think really, really what I'm trying to say is, you know, we just don't, have this grasp on our past and what is in our natural world like we think we do and one of the examples i point to this has come about recently that um you know the siberian unicorns those big rhinoceros with the single horn you know they thought that they were all extinct you know 100 and like 160,000 years ago and and recently they're like oh no they they lived to like 39,000 years ago modern man interacted with them so i i guess what, I, what i'm trying to say is so that's like a what is that that's like a correction of you know 120,000 years there about that's a big oversight I'm just that. yeah exactly yeah so 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 for me to, so if if you're saying that you know the last uh, mammoth went extinct like 4,000 years ago in Siberia so I, I I'm saying you know if there still are a few around that's really not as big of a correction as the oh. Siberian unicorn thing so I mean maybe it's not that crazy to think that uh, there were still some you know small populations in the u.s you know yeah. a few hundred years ago you know it only ever means that's the latest date we've got and that the last specimen or the the most recently lived specimen we found that's that's yeah. the date we've got if we find other dates that are a hundred thousand years less than that we'll let you know and change everything yeah. <laughs> you know and it's that's yeah. i think that's what a lot of people don't get this science is settled thing again this is the big point hey. it's never settled yeah and everything we knew yesterday practically everything scientifically medically geologically has been changed already at this point you know everything that was solid that you were a fool to think other otherwise um has changed even in recent yeah. years you yeah. were talking about feathered dinosaurs and things like that and well if you believe there were sort of specimens you know there were species of dinosaurs that had feathers 30 years ago you were a fool you were an idiot why would you think such a thing? And yet, yeah. there you go. You know, there, there, there seems to be some evidence for that. I think it's amazing. I think it's good that there are people such as yourself out there, especially traveling around the place, because as you say, you can never really be being there um, yeah. to find out about a place. And it's uh, what, what a great life adventure for you, Denver. You know, um, um, yes packed tightly together from time to time but i'm sure the upsides are greater and um yeah i'm just glad to see that you're doing it yeah just quickly before we wrap up just let people know where they can find the books um and you and uh especially if they've got some other you know great sightings to add to, to the research that you're doing 
how they should tell you about it. Yeah, so uh, all my books, I just send people to Amazon. That's just uh, everything I do is there. It's just the easiest to do. Also, if you go to my website, denvermichaels.net, I have links to all my books. So they'll, you know, they'll either take you back to Amazon or or to the publisher's webpage for the uh, books that I have publishers with. Um, You can find me uh, on on YouTube. I've I've got a YouTube channel. Um, I'm real active on Twitter. Uh, a little bit active on Facebook, but, but mostly on Twitter, but I also do interact with, uh, with Facebook too. So you can find me at all those places. Fantastic. And Tim, it's as always, it's a real pleasure. I've, um, yeah. I've enjoyed being there with you, you know, in these segments of your, your updates on Facebook and, and today in the interview, just, just keep it coming. We want to find out more. And, yeah, uh, man. yeah, you know, get back down to Florida and get some of them. <laughs> harangues for us we'd love to see him (laughs) yeah thanks for having me man i appreciate it thank you my friend take care all right bye-bye